things. Nothing is impossible for you. You make a way where there's no way, Lord Jesus. You make the impossible possible, Lord God. And we are believing that in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Okay, now the kids are gone. (laughs) Well, you should stay there because you're old enough to stay here. Right? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hearing, no, you're allowed to stay there. Is where you're allowed. You have to understand we had these grandkids over all night, so... They were over to our house last night, the five little ones. <clears throat> and Noah and Ephraim, they're not that little anymore. But. but Father, we thank you, Lord, for this word. Lord, I pray, Father God, that your word... You know, I had these thoughts this week, and I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about how many times I pick my phone up and I look at it throughout the day. And I thought, what if we depended on God as much as we depend on our phones, our TVs, our computers, or anything else? You know, what if we depended on God as much as we depend on our phones? What if every time, instead of going to pick up your phone, you picked up the Word of God? Think about that. I want you to think about this for a minute. What if every time, instead of going to your phone, your TV, your game, or whatever, instead of picking that up and and spending all this time on it, you picked up the Word of God? And you actually read it. You know, there's a funny story that I got. When I was young, before I went into service, service, I worked for my father-in-law, mother-in-law here, at Howard's Florist and Garden Center. And I had to be around 16, 17 years old. I was hired for summer help. It was one of the first real jobs I would say I had. <clears throat> and you know what the funniest thing was? Is that when they had lunch breaks, and this was back in the early 80s, they had a little lunch break room in the back that you would go in and you would eat lunch. And on rainy days, you would want to go in there because it was cold. And, you, and back then, you worked in the rain. You know, back then we had rain suits when we worked at the garden center. They'd come up with overalls. We called them banana suits because they were yellow. And they always ripped, honest. They always ripped. But you would wear them and they would protect you from the cold and the elements and the rain. And you'd go on to go in the break room at around lunchtime to warm up because it was a warm little room. But I remember when I first went into the break room there at Howard's, I walked in and there was about three or four people already in there. And they had their Bibles open and they were reading the Word at lunchtime. Can you imagine that? I said, I went there and I wasn't saved. I wasn't a Christian. I didn't have the Bible. I didn't read the Word. I didn't know what they were talking about. But they would go in every lunchtime and they would have a serious, I'm talking a serious Bible study right there. And you have to understand, this is before cell phones came out. I remember the Howard's was the first cell phone I ever saw in my life that they had. And it was a big bag phone. Back then it was Frontier Cellular. But I can remember when I got the, I can remember when they called me to go do some deliveries and they gave me the bag phone to put in my van. I thought it was something else. You know, I thought it was important. And then I was just a delivery boy. But I thought that was the coolest thing 
to have a big old bag phone that I can call somebody on if I wanted to. But I was, you know, I was a good employee. I didn't use that thing only for work. I didn't touch it because honestly, I didn't know how to how to work it. And I figured if it if it rang, I would pick it up. It had to be the store. But I couldn't believe myself. On these lunch breaks, they were having Bible study. So me being an unsaved Christian and a young man, 17 years old at the time, I started just having my lunch breaks out in the fertilizer shed. Instead of going, because I felt kind of uncomfortable. But you know, back then, what was so interesting, and it's not interesting, they read the Word a lot. Christians, new Christians read the Word a lot. We were into the Word. We didn't have all these distractions, right? We didn't have all these things that pulled us away from the Word of God. Like TV, they didn't have, they didn't have the games like they have now either. They had, I can remember when Atari came out, and there was Pac-Man, Defender, Centipede, and what's the other one? Tetris. That was it. I was a Defender champion or whatever they call that. I loved that game, Defender. You the little bitty pixel spaceship that shot one little thing. Bleep, bleep, bleep. And you had these other little spaceships that went around. That was it. They didn't have all this high-tech games. They didn't have, nobody had cell phones. Do you know there's like 90% of Americans now have a smartphone? Think about that. 90% of Americans have a smartphone. You know, there's 324 million people in America. Do the math. That's like 290 some thousand people or 290 million people. Just had a gaff there. Did you hear that? A gaff. Blame it on somebody else. But yeah, nobody had smartphones. Nobody had all these. We didn't have this cable TV like we have now or dish satellite or Internet. Wasn't even, they were just in the early stages of it. And you know what's amazing? You know, you guys think that I'm really old, but it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. If you look at the perspective, 30 years ago, 30 years ago, there wasn't a cell phone. Nobody had a cell phone. Is that hard to believe? Is that hard to believe, Jacob? They didn't have cell phones 30 years ago? Yeah. Now you guys can't live without a cell phone. You go wherever you, you go. It goes wherever you go. And if you leave it home, what do you do? You stop the car, you turn around, and you go back and you get it. Because you can't leave it. Right? It's the truth. You can't be away from that thing. You can't get away from it. What if we took the Word of God that seriously? What if we felt like, holy cow, I left my Bible at home i got to stop my car, turn around, and go back and get it. Right? Think about it. This Word of God is the Word of God, the creator of the universe. Last night we watched a show with the little kids. We started watching the, the Genesis movie that we're going to show in the church. And, you got, and it talks about how God created it, and they're talking about, you know, you really got to be you really got to believe in the unbelievable to be an unbeliever. <laughs> because all of the facts and all of the truths of creation, of, of God creator, there's so many facts and so much science around it that it's unbelievable. You really got to take it, you got you know, to believe in evolution and believing in a Big Bang Theory and all that. You know, that's a pretty... You know, the, nothing lines up. And to believe in it is, like they do is amazing. To have that kind of belief in so false of a teaching is unbelievable. When everything, all the truths, all the facts line up for creation, for God. But think about it. You got the Word of God. Creator of the universe, breathe. This is the inspired word of God, meaning that God actually said all this stuff. He wrote it. He penned it. This is the very breath of God. You know, my wife said to me this week, she goes, you know, you really need to explain 
to the kids when I breathed on them when we prayed for them a couple weeks ago because they might not understand it. But what, it, what happens when you breathe, because God breathed his life in us. And that's one way for the Holy Spirit to be, they breathe the Holy Spirit on others and they anointed by laying on of hands, praying for them. They breathe on them so they can receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, a, the breath is represented as the Holy Spirit. So I wanted to make that clear to you too. But what if we really took it that seriously that we could not go without the Word of God? That wherever we went, we wouldn't leave the Word of God behind. It should, you know, I, I'm guilty of it. I got to have it. I should have it in my truck. I, I actually do have it in my truck. I got a small little Bible that I have on the door on the inside of my truck. But I confess to you, I don't read it all the time. I know you can have the Bible app on your phone and you can be playing it. But honestly, do you really play it? When you're in there or when you're all alone, you got to be honest with yourself. You know? You can't be dishonest with yourself, right? You got to be honest with yourself. Just like I have to be honest with you. I could be a better Christian, I could always be better. I'm not there yet. You know? I'm not there. I'm not going to get there until I get to heaven, so I should always be striving to be better in my walk with Christ. We should be changing each day into the image of Christ more and more, right? Instead of being changed more and more into the image of the world, right? We're called as Christians to be changed more and more into the image of Christ, to be like Christ more and more each day, to die to ourselves. And I'm telling you, it's not easy in this world. It's harder. I feel for you guys. It's harder for you than it was for me as a kid. As a kid, I didn't have all those things to distract me. As a kid, you were outside till at dawn and you're home at dusk, basically. And you're just, for me, I was running through the woods playing and making forts and spending time outside. Now, you guys, I don't hardly see kids outside. You know, they're inside their homes, glued. Totally different. And you know, we expect as Christians to hear from God, right? Everybody here wants to hear from God, right? Right? Everybody wants to hear the voice of God. So in order to hear the voice of God, what do you got to do? What do you got to do? You got to tune out the world, don't you? You got to tune out the world. Let me give you this example. If you went to school and you had your headphones on, and you were listening to music all day while you were in class... Are you, are you going to hear what the teacher has to say? Are you going to learn from the teacher anything? You're not. Are you? All you're going to hear is blah, blah, blah. And you're going to see her writing on the board. And you're not going to understand. You're not going to hear. And you're not going to know what is going on. Because you're not going to learn. It's the same way with us. When we, hear, when we want to hear the voice of God... You know what we got to do? We got to take the headphones off. We got to pay attention. You know, I, I, Christians say, oh, I, you know, I've been wanting to hear the voice of God for 20, 30 years. Well, maybe you can hear it if you came to church. Maybe you would hear it if you came to prayer meeting. Maybe you would hear them if you turned worship music on and you played it in your car. Instead of secular music. Maybe you would hear them if you got your Bible out and read that word that actually is inspired by God. Right? And we're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it at times. I love classic rock. I grew up on classic rock. And sometimes 
I'll turn on classic rock and listen to it. But I got to listen more to the Word of God than I do classic rock, don't I? If I want to be changed more and more to the image of God, I got to be feeding myself more of the Word. I got to be listening to more worship music. If I want to hear them, it's just a fact. I'm guilty of it. I admit it. God shows me and He tells me that. I'm telling you, if we didn't have our cell phones, if we didn't have computers, and all we had was the Word, if we went to the Word of God every time we went to pick that up or something else up, we would all be Bible scholars. You would all be Bible scholars and have degrees in the Word of God. Think about it. Think about the time you spend. You know, there was um, years ago, years ago when I first got saved, and thank God, God gives a man a helper, right? Thank God, God made Eve for Adam to be a helper, to pray for him, to encourage him, to edify him. But when I first got saved, the one thing that my wife said to me was, you know, you got to be careful how much time you spend in these other things. That you don't spend more time doing this than you do spending it in the Word of God. Or in prayer. Because I'm going to tell you, I have an obsessive personality. Right? And I break that curse right now in Jesus' name because your words are powerful. I don't have an obsessive personality. (laughs) Amen? I don't have an obsessive personality. But I get so focused on something at times. And so into it. But then the next thing I know, I don't realize how much time I've actually spent doing it. It's like it disappears. You know, that's why I don't have a gaming system in my house. I don't, because I know my personality. And I know the temptation I would have to sit down there and play. Because those things, I'm telling you, are addictive. I've, oh, I play once a year, couple, maybe a couple times a year, with my grandkids and my son-in-law. And I sit down, and the next thing I know, three or four hours have gone by. And I feel like, well, I'm just finally getting decent at it. I mean, when you don't play for a year or a couple years, and you got people that play every day, they're great. And I, they, like, I can understand why they don't want to play with me. I'm terrible. But we have fun, but thank God I can just leave it there and stop. And i got to walk away from it. Because otherwise, you know, you can sit there and the next thing you know, hours have gone by, days go by, and you don't even know. You know you know my story. I was a drug addict before I got saved, before Christ called me out of a park bench in Utah. And I used to actually produce crystal meth. And I would stay up for 14 days straight. 14 days. It's unbelievable. The days just disappear on drugs. They go. The next thing you know, weeks have gone by. You lose every, you lose track of everything. But thank God, God called me out of that mess. And he delivered me like that instantly. And I never went back to it. Never looked back, never had withdrawals. I left that day that God spoke to me. That very day, and my life changed that very day. Nobody was praying for me that I knew of. Nobody witnessed to me. I was alone on a park bench when God spoke to me. When I heard his voice, and it wasn't a big audible voice. It wasn't no booming thunder and lightning. It was a simple, you're either going to die or you're going to end up in jail for the rest of your life, or you can go home. Then it'll be you choose. That was it. Those words changed my life. Isn't that amazing? Those words, just those simple words, changed my life. That very moment, I know it spoke right to my heart. And I realized that what I was in was so terrible. But I was so dead. Excuse me. 
whole situation I was in. I was up for 14 days. I was looking at myself, and I know the Holy Spirit, God must have been speaking to me. I was up for 14 days. Straight. High as a kite. Thinking out of any good box that are arrested. Getting paranoid. Looking out windows in the basement. Because I was living in the basement for a year. And the only way into the basement was through a little trap door in the bathroom by the remote. And it was hidden. And then they had one little shallow window that was boarded off of a hole. And I would peek out that little hole while I was in my basement. Right where the devil gets me and watches me. And I watch cars. I'm watching the cars go by. And I'm looking at the cars. Dead. <laughs> no, wait. This is interesting. This is the devil right here. The devil. Because, you know, you get spared sharing your testimony to this Love of the Lamb and the word of the testimony that people get set free. And you know we have like 1,620 people that have listened to these messages over time. 1,620 people. So, it's, you know, they're hearing this go out. Thanks, Joe. How far back do I got to go? I'm not going to go back. I'm going to trust God. God can make things that aren't, right? He can make things be that aren't. He can do anything. But seriously, I'm looking out the window and I'm like, I'm going to get busted. And I started getting paranoid. So I said, I got to leave. So I left. And I walked from Magna, Utah, all the way down to Salt Lake City, right to the middle of the Capitol. So I'm sitting down there from Magna, Utah to Salt Lake City, which, you know, is not, it's only about 30 miles. So for me, that was nothing to walk. It took me some time, but you know what? I walked that down there, and I sat down in the park bench right there. And I was up for a couple days at the park bench. I was coming off of drugs from being high. And I'm like, and when you're up for 14 days, you want nothing to do but sleep. And when you do sleep, you sleep for days. You don't just sleep for eight hours or ten hours. You sleep for two or three days straight. And you wake up, and you're, it's like a whole other world. But I'm telling you, I'm sitting down there, and I'm forcing myself to stay awake. Because I know if I fell asleep down here on this park bench, I'm going to be here for a while. And then people are going to be wondering what's going on. So I'm forcing myself to stay awake. And that's when God spoke to me. That's when God spoke to me. So you know what I did? I went right back that day. And when I thought I was making all this money was all a lie. When I thought I was doing all this, getting all these things was all a lie. And it didn't matter. Because I know that that was God that spoke to me there on that park bench. And I left it. I heard the voice of God, I obeyed the voice of God, and I went home. And I went home, I hopped on a Greyhound bus, I only had 60 bucks in my pocket, left everything else, just left it. 60 bucks in my pocket on a four-day trip back to New York from Utah. It's like, I actually think it was like three days, two nights, three days on a bus. When I got back home, I don't, I don't remember how I got back to my mother's house. But I got to her house. I stayed there. The very next day, I was like, you know, i got to change my life around. I need to get a job. Because I haven't been working a real job for over a year. All I've been doing was making drugs and getting rid of drugs. So I haven't been working a real job. So now i got to get a real job. And I was excited to get a real job again. So the place where I left, where I had a good rapport, was Howard's. I went right back to Howard's. And I find that interesting now looking at it because Howard's was a place where God was and God is. And His Spirit's still there, I believe. Because of all the prayer that went up in that place. Because of the reading of the word, the scripture. I went back there, they hired me that day. So 
So within, within two days, I left the state of Utah, came back to New York State. I got a job the very next day at Howard's Florist. I didn't have a car. I didn't have any money. I rode a bicycle that I borrowed from my brother to get back and forth to work, which was only about, uh, thankfully, they lived in Castle Gardens at the time, and Howard's from there was maybe five or six miles one way. So I rode the bike back and forth to work until I could earn enough money to get a car, get my life. I had to get my driver's license because my driver's license was suspended. So I had a lot of things I had to do to get my life back in order. But look at, look at what God's done now. It's 20, almost 30 years ago at, from now that that all took place, almost 30 years. And look what God has brought me. And you know why? Because I heard his voice, I listened, and I obeyed. If I would have stayed there and stayed in that situation I was in, I'm sure I would have either ended up in jail or dead. The only two options I had besides coming home. I'm sure, I'm sure the word of the Lord would have been correct. Because he's always correct. And he's always right. And you know, hearing the voice is one thing. We have to obey God's voice. Because if we hear the voice but we don't obey God's voice, what good is hearing? Right? What good is hearing? No good. I want you to know that there are many voices out there in the world today that are speaking. There are many voices out there that are taking your time, your money. They can even be taking your very soul and your spirit. There are many voices out there that we have to tune out in order to hear the voice of God. And let me tell you, God sometimes doesn't always speak first because the devil wants to get a jump on him and he thinks he's going to get a jump on God. So sometimes you hear hear a voice, don't expect it to be God first thing at times. You got to discern. You got to know the voice of God. So you need to pray. You need to test. Test the voice. Test the spirits. Says in the word. And you can't hear the voice of God if you've got headphones on. You have to tune them off. Tune it out. I want to uh, take you to Isaiah 28, 23. It says, listen and hear my voice. Pay attention and hear what I say. Listen and hear my voice. This is God speaking to Isaiah, the prophet. He said, listen, hear my voice and pay attention and hear what I say. Job 33, 31 through 33. says, pay attention, Job, and listen to me. Be silent, and I will speak. Let's go back to that one for a second. Because this is so important. Listen, Job, pay attention to me. Be silent, and I will speak. Do you know one thing that we do, and I find myself doing this sometimes? is I find myself chattering. You know, not just chattering, but like listening to other things, talking about other things, doing other things, right? What I'm trying to get at here, and I know those aren't the right words for it, 
But what I'm trying to get at is sometimes we just got to still our, still our minds. Because our minds are racing all the time. And sometimes we just got to stop and listen. And I'm going to tell you, it's really hard to stop your mind. You might be able to stop yourself from moving to being still. But you know what? And I want to find the right word. We have to come to a place of peace. We have to come to a place of peace in our minds. And if we don't have peace in our minds, right? If we don't come to a place of peace in our minds, then the devil's going to keep that mind full of all kinds of craziness, all kinds of commotions. We got to come to a place of peace, a place of rest, a place of trust. In God, a place of being silent and being still. You know, there's not many people that actually have come to that place of peace and silence. If you think about it, even in the Word. Not many people that actually come to that place where they just were able to stop and focus on God, find a place of peace in their mind, where it doesn't matter what's going on in the world, or what's going on all around you, all everything going on all around us. I'm going to tell you what, church, this is really important. There are going to be things going on in this world, according to the Bible, not according to me, but you're going to start seeing a manifest in the natural all around the earth. Because there's earthquakes There's stars that are going to fall. There's going to be quaking and shaking. Things going on all around in this world that the Bible talks about in prophecy and in the end times. That are going to happen. And if you don't have peace of God, if you don't have the peace of God, and you just silence yourself, and no matter what's going on all around you, you're going to be tossed to and fro by every wave of doctrine. You're going to be tossed to and fro by everything that happens on this earth. And you're going to be scared. And fear isn't of God. What does it say in the Bible? Perfect love cast out all fear. we got to have that perfect love to Jesus and to God. To cast all that out and to find our peace. And to find our place of silence where we can actually hear the voice of God. And not let the world dictate to us what we should do or how we should do it. And right now it's happening subtly. We're seeing subtle things. You know, you read your word and you know your Bible. You get into that and you know that there's things that are coming upon this earth that are not good. That are pretty scary. And we might go through a little bit of it before the rapture actually takes place. So you need to be prepared now. And that's my job as a watchman, as a pastor, to prepare you. So when you come to those times in your life where you actually got to stand on your own, when there's nobody there to help you or to encourage you, when I'm not there or you don't have a brother or a sister or your wife not there, that you can find peace in God and you, can, you don't have to worry because God's got you covered because you're under the blood, because you're hedged in and hemmed in by God and you're under his pinions. No matter where you are in the world, you young kids are just growing up. And you're going to be, who knows where God's going to take you in your life? Who knows where you're going to be? You could be in another state, away from your family because of your career or your job or your marriage. You don't know. But what you need to know is that no matter what happens, that God's got you covered. If you've got Jesus in your heart, you have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. You don't have to worry if you're away from your family, your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters. Because you know wherever you go, God has got them covered too. Because in the end, you're going to meet them all up in heaven. Even in the face of death, we've got to find peace. And that's not easy. 
So we got to pay attention. Just like God said to Job, pay attention, Job, and listen to me. Be silent, and I will speak. Go ahead, Joe. If you have anything to say, answer me. Speak up, for I want you to be clear. To be cleared. But if not, then listen to me. Be silent, and I will teach you wisdom. Wisdom. We all want wisdom. We all want knowledge. Amen? But be silent. You know, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8, what does it say? It says, Ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Anyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and anyone who knocks, the door will be open to them. Think about that. I learned that from a Bible study verse uh, down at uh, Mom and Ed's house. when We had Bible study. Knock. So we, what do we need to do? We need to be seeking God. We need to be growing in our relationship. To hear God, you need to seek God. Right? To hear God, you need to seek God. You need to ask God. And when is God, I know God goes on to say, you know, he's not going to give you a snake when you're seeking and asking him. But in order to hear God, you got to seek God. You got to put some effort into it. Ask, seek, and knock. I'll close with this. But in 1 Kings, I want to read you the story of Elijah. Elijah was a great prophet. Powerful. Called fire down from heaven. Was not afraid. Well, I guess he got a little afraid of Jezebel, Ahab, but mainly Jezebel. But in Elijah's days, there was a lot of false prophets. There was a lot of demonic sacrifices, worship. Worshipping Baal. It was Jezebel that actually started a lot of this institution of worshipping Baal and sacrificing children. And I'll just paraphrase here. But Elijah... One day was these prophets were out there false prophesying, prophets of Baal. And Elijah said, choose one of these bowls and prepare. Prepare it first, since there are so many of you false prophets, worshipers of Baal. There was like 400 false prophets of Baal then. And Elijah told him, get your, get your bull, sacrifice it, put it on the altar, and then pour water over it. And then do it again. And pour some more on it. Soak, soak that thing with water. Or actually, he didn't even, that's what he, excuse me, I'm getting it wrong. I've got to correct myself. <laughs> that's what Elijah said about his offering, soak it with water. But he told them, make your sacrifice, put it on the altar. Call down fire from your God and see if he'll consume it. Oh, they sat there, they worshipped their false gods. They tried to call down fire, nothing happened. So what do they do? They went to start cutting themselves and everything else. What happened? Nothing happened. So Elijah said, all right, now I'll take my bowl. He let them have a whole day. 
So Elijah took his bowl, put it on the altar, and he told him to soak it. Soak this thing with water, drown it, drench it, let the water go around the whole tub of this sacrifice. And then when he went to call down fire from heaven, as soon as he opened his mouth, the fire came down from heaven, consumed his whole offering, burned up the whole bowl, and also licked up all the water and dried everything up. And not only that, but then it killed all those false prophets. Power of God. Then Elijah got scared. Because Jezebel said to him, Jezebel said, we're going to go to chapter 19 now, verse 1. It says here, now Ahab had told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. And how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me. Be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow morning I do not make your life like one of them. So she wanted to kill Elijah. Because Elijah just wiped out all of her prophets. Actually, God did. God wiped out all those prophets. Not Elijah. So what did it say? Elijah got afraid and he ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water he ate and drank. And then he laid down again. Then the angel of the Lord came back to him a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by the food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and he spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put up your prophets to death with the sword. And he said, I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Then the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart. And shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake. Came. A fire but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came. A gentle whisper at the mouth a gentle whisper when Elijah heard it he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave the mouth of the cave then the voice said to him where what are you doing here Elijah what are you doing here all of that to say That God wasn't in. The voice of God wasn't in everything that was going on around him. He wasn't in the wind that tore the mountains apart. He wasn't in the big earthquake. And he wasn't in all the fire. You see, the devil can bring all those things to make you think that's the Lord. 
That's why we have to discern. That's why we have to test the spirits. It says. He wasn't in all that. The voice of God was in that still small voice. Just like he was in that still small voice for me when I heard him on the park bench. Like I said, it wasn't a boom of thunder. And I want to tell you what, when God really speaks to you in your heart, you know it. You know it. Without a shadow of a doubt, you know it. You can't deny it. See, I can't deny that was God that spoke to me. I can't deny it. And I'll never deny it. I can't deny it. My life changed dramatically. Over, it changed overnight. And that, the only thing that could happen, that had to be God that did it. But if you disobey that voice, you know, he, it's like there's a lot of things, you know, I think where God speaks to me from. And there's a lot of things that I know that I might have to go back. I might have to go back. Sometimes we have to go back because if we hear the voice of God in that still small voice that's telling us to do something. And if we don't do it, you know. Do you think God's going to keep speaking and speaking and speaking to you until you go back and you do that thing that God said to you for you to do? Sometimes we have to go back and say, okay, I got to do this because this is what God said I'm supposed to do and I didn't do it. And I don't want nothing that's going to keep me separated from the love of God. See, God's love is out there and it's for us all. But it's not God that separates himself from us. It's us that separates ourselves from him. Sometimes we have to go back and do what God said in order to get new orders for God to speak to us again to keep moving forward. Amen? So I would like to encourage you all, and I want you to think about this. How much time are you spending on all these other things of the world than in reading your word? You know, because there's a lot of things that we spend our time on. A lot. And we need to, we need to analyze, we need to look at our own selves, look at our own hearts. You know, I, we have to self-analyze ourselves because we want to be right with God. And, you know, we want to be ready when God says, His sheep hear my voice, and I call them by name, and He gathers them all up. So when He does call and gather us all up, we know His voice. Amen? Amen. So we can hear His voice. That's the most important thing. And then we got to make sure our kids and our grandkids hear his voice and know his voice. Because we don't want anyone left behind. No one left behind. No one left behind. It's like a Marine slogan. No man left behind. No man, no woman left behind. God doesn't want to leave anyone behind. God loves all of us. And it's not him that's going to leave you behind. It's going to be of your own doing. So I would encourage you, seek, ask, knock. Seek, ask, knock. Don't stop. Seek, ask, knock. Get in the Word of God. Pray. Pray with your families. Pray with your children, you know. Try to spend more time in the Word than on your phones and in your computers. I love to be able to, I, I want to be able to take as much time as I put in all these other things and put it into the Word. 
You know, I just think about, gosh, what can, what can we do? What would our lives really be like? How different would we be? How much different would we be on the inside when we have soaked ourselves in the Word every day? You know, just like three meals a day. Get it out. Read it in the morning. Get it at lunchtime. Read it at lunchtime. Sit down at night. Read it. Pray. How much change would that take place in us? Amen? All right, let's close prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, and praise you for this day. I pray, Father God, for your Holy Spirit anointing. I pray for your word, Lord God, that, Lord, whatever I have said that's not of you would fall away. Lord God, whatever I said that's wrong, Lord God, that you would make it right. And, Lord Jesus, I pray that, Lord, whatever was from you, Lord God, it would just soak into our hearts and we would receive it. Lord God, help us. And help us, Lord God, Lord God, to, Lord, even get our own lives under control with everything that's going on in the world, to be able to stand and to be silent, to get your word out, Lord God, to get your word out and pray, to read it, to let it soak in us. Let, us, let your word be hidden in our hearts, Lord God. Let it bring healing to our bodies. Let your word bring healing. Lord, your word, let it bring um, a thirst for your righteousness, Lord God. Lord, I pray this, Lord, and I just thank you for each person today. I pray your blessings over them, Lord, abundantly. I pray that you would cover them and protect them and keep them, Lord God, and keep the enemy from them. Lord, we, we pray, I pray the hedge of protection around them, and I pray that to keep the enemy from us. To keep the enemy far from us, each one of us here, Lord God. That we would be sheltered under your pinions, under your wings. That we would find the same refuge David found. Lord God, I pray. And I thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Remember to keep, keep on praying. Never stop. Never stop worshiping. Amen.